Kel for, uh, for being here. I was jokingly told my students about that the other day. I said, I have about 10 people that listen every week. Um, that's my mom, my best friend, my two sisters. Yeah, about my family. Uh, but still, it's better than nothing. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you're interested, it is Calvary Baptist Church in Jasper, Florida, uh, where you can find it. And so, um, I, I, again, um, it's funny that, that you know, the songs, um, I had already selected the songs and everything before I decided to preach another sermon today. God knows what he's doing. You know, I, I, God is so good. What a perfect song for today. Uh, and that's actually one of my points today. I didn't even realize it until we sang the song this morning. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, that's funny how that works out. Um, some of the things that, that some of y'all said today, um, several of y'all said today, um, you'll, you'll, hear me say, you'll hear me say today as well in the message. And so uh, I don't think uh, we had to spend a lot of time on the introduction. Um, uh, you know, uh, by the way, we are going through the book of Psalms. Um, if you want to come back next week, um, we're not going through all 150 of them, okay? Uh, but we are in actually Psalm 8. We did part 1 last week, and we're going to do part 2 um, next week. But, uh, and I wasn't going to do it today, but I felt like I was mowing the grass yesterday, and I was just this strong conviction that, that I probably need to do something different. Um, if, you know, and so um, I, I was just thinking about the different responses to this coronavirus and um, how, how it's overtaken the world. And you know, it, uh, unreal the amount of mentions in the media. I saw a graph on that, you know, as compared to like the swine flu and, you know, the other, you know, just, a, you know, how many mentions. Of course, I know Twitter and all that helps with, you know, make that number increase exponentially. But, um, man, it's really uh, rocked our world this week, has it not? It really, really has. And, and um, I, I read today that if the number of cases were to continue to double, every three days, which is what's happened already, um, that that would be about 100 million cases in the United States by May. Okay? Um, that's, that's a lot, okay? Um, and, and, of course, it you know, goes on to talk about, I don't know if you've heard them, you know, different people talk about, um, like, flattening the curve. Has anyone heard that? Uh, and the whole point about that is, you know, um, is, is to use scent, wash your hands and, you know, restrict movement and, and all that. And if we can do that, then, then it can slow this. Uh, and that's called, they're calling it social distancing, you know, um, uh, fewer chances to spread the virus, basically. And just like last night, um, my, my stepmom was like, hey, y'all want to go to the steakhouse, um, you know, tonight. We have some gift cards. And I'm like, ah. Can we eat at the at your house instead? You know, uh, and and we did, and it was a fantastic time. But um, uh, you know, I think we we do need to use some sense with this as well. And so when I got the uh, got to thinking about the different responses that I've seen uh, over the week, and I feel like uh, you guys will will understand this. I feel like I, I there are two extremes on the responses to this virus. There's a a passive uh, type response, and then there's a panic type response. There's a response of, number one, this is no big deal, not a big deal at all, kind of dismissing it, okay, as nothing uh, but something like the flu. And then you have the other opposite end of the spectrum, which is uh, this is the end of the world. Like this is, you know, and, and, and what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so, um, and I got to thinking about this, that there are problems with both of those views. And, and if we take one of these views as Christians, we need to be careful the message we're sending. Okay? Um, if we say it's no big deal, we could send the message that God is not good. I'll explain a little bit more later. Okay? 
Um, how, I said, let's give you a taste of that. How? Because we can minimize the very real suffering of others and therefore convey the idea that God must not really care for them. Okay? Or we take the opposite end of that and we say that uh, then, then we, we could send the message that God is not in control. That God is not sovereign. How? Because we contribute to a panic and, and we think that all is crazy and there's nothing we can do at all and this can, again, convey the idea that God isn't sovereign. Right? And we know He is. Amen? So either way we, we respond, it doesn't change the fact that these times have a way of testing our faith. Right? Testing our faith. Um, if that's you today, I want you to know, and you'll see it on the screen, despite the happenings in our world today, God is still good, God is still sovereign, and God is still immutable. Amen? And that means unchanging. Okay, so we're going to look at that, and, and the, uh, it'll be up here on the, uh, on the screen behind you if you don't want to uh, turn to some certain scriptures. Uh, I want to thank Ms. Rhonda for always do, doing that. And, and so we're actually going to look in Daniel chapter 3. Okay, so it's not going to be on your screen, so you'll have to find it. Okay, so uh, find Daniel chapter 3. And we're going to read um, pretty much all of it today and just let the Word of God speak. Uh, and it's going to be a, a, about a, you probably already know, some of you already know what it is, Daniel chapter 3, you probably already know what that's about. Okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right, and so that's what, that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, briefly, um, this may be a little shorter. Some of y'all are like, yeah, yeah, Pastor, you say that. You say it's going to be short. All right, um, but we do want to designate some time at the end for some prayer about the coronavirus. I felt like it was appropriate to preach about it first. And our response, and then it would be more of a sensitivity when we pray. So that was why we had we changed it. Um, so if you'll uh, read with me, or you know, as I read out loud, um, Daniel chapter three, and I'm reading from the CS, CSB, and, and it's okay whatever translation you use. Uh, there are both CSBs and ESBs in your in the uh, uh, in, in your in the pews there if you want one to to use. So it says King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, ninety feet high and nine feet wide. That is really big. Okay? Um, he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to assemble the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces to attend the dedication of the statue King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces assembled for the dedication of the statue the king has set up. Then they stood up before the statue Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then they stood before it. Verse 4, a herald loudly proclaimed, People of every nation and language, you are commanded. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zephyr, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, you are to fall face down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. So imagine you are in that land like these young men are, and that, and that, was, it was, that command was given to you. Okay? Just kind of put yourself in, in, in that situation. Verse 7, Therefore, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and every kind of music, people of every nation and language fell down and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. That's not all of the story. Verse 8, Some Chaldeans took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. Because some of them didn't, didn't uh, bow. Did they? they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. You as king have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zipper, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music must fall down and worship the gold statue. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. There are some Jews you have appointed to manage the province of Babylon. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Then in a furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar gave orders to bring in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar asked him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I set up? Now if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, fall down and worship the statue I made. But if you don't worship, worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this is kind of the gist of where we're going today, uh, the main part. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, which they know he does, then he can, re then he can rescue us from the firmness of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. Verse 18, But even if he does not rescue us, he wants you as king to know that we will not serve your God to worship the gold statue you set up. What amazing faith, amen? Verse 19, the Nebuchadnezzar was still raised and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more than was customary. I think just one time would have been enough, right, for fire? But seven times harder, right? And he commanded some of the best soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So these men in their trousers, robes, head coverings, and other clothes were tied up and thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Since the king's command was so urgent and the furnace extremely hot, the raging flames killed those men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up. Killed men around them. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound to the furnace of blazing fire. Verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped, in, jumped up in alarm. He said to his advisors, Didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. He exclaimed, Look, I see four men. Not tied, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. When the satraps, prefects, governors, and the king's advisors gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair of their heads was singed, their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They violated the king's command to risk their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own God. Therefore, I issue a decree that anyone of any people, nation, or language who says anything, anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn from limb, or limb from limb, torn limb from limb, and his house made a garbage dump. For there is no other God who is able to deliver like this. Then the king rewarded Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Amen. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. And if you didn't hear anything else today, all right, uh, you heard the word of God. I might, that doesn't give you permission to tune me out the next 15 minutes, okay? Edgar, all right, you still got to pay attention. All right. But anyway, um, and so Nebuchadnezzar, let's, let's look back a little bit at verse 26 and 27. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called out, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come out. So they came out of the fire. When the satraps, prefects, governors, and the king's advisors gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair of their heads were singed. Their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. Point number one, if, you, if you're taking notes, it's real simple today. This is, if you, ever, you never take notes, this is the best time to do it because it's real simple today. Number one, God is good. 
Right? Amen. God is good. I know a lot of churches say God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. So I don't presume to know everything, and I do not know why this terrible illness, the coronavirus, has spread over the world like it has. Uh, and some people will question why a good God, good God would allow such things. Um, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that man's sin has created a fallen world. Uh, and and uh, we are all in need of saving because of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden all those many years ago. And as I look at this story, God saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in awesome ways. Amen? Like, you know, we use the word awesome a lot, but that was awesome. Okay? Uh, I love to see a movie of that. Okay? Uh, with a new uh, CGI and all, all those things. Um, he was still good to them, and he rescued them in miraculous ways. And so when I was thinking about, uh, about the coronavirus and, and all this, and as I was going through that uh, yesterday, and it was in my head, um, one of the things that really bothered me and convicted me um, was that, um, and it, it kind of broke me down when I was thinking about it, is, is I really didn't seem to care much about it uh, until it came to America. And, and I'm not, you know, this is my own personal conviction. Um, I, it made me, I, I was convicted. I was convicted of that. You know, like, um, how come I didn't feel the same way whenever I knew that people in China and Italy and other countries were dying from this? Um, why did I not have this sense of like, oh, you know, or urgency or, or compassion and concern for them? Aren't, aren't they also our brothers and sisters in Christ? Uh, those who have given their lives to God? So, and it's hard to admit, but see, a good God cares for everybody. And, and a lot of times I think we're guilty of thinking everybody and we just think of our world, right? I mean, we think, okay, God cares for everybody in these, in the, in these doors here, in these walls. Uh, and I think he cares for everybody in our, in, in our, in our country. But that, I don't know. I'm just talking for me. I feel, like that's, I feel like we stop there sometimes. And we don't think outside of our country's walls. What about, what about other people? Don't we care about them too? See, because God gave his son to die on a cross for everybody, whether they're American or not. You know? And so uh, I, I really had a hard time with that. Um, all the children in the world, right? Was old, uh, God loves all the children, all the children in the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Amen? Just like that beautiful baby right there. Man, I'm so glad she looks like her mama. All right? All right. I'm just playing with you, Edgar. All right? I still love you, brother. Love both of you. Um, but, you know, God loves everyone. Everyone has value. I've said this, is, this must be my favorite verse because I've probably read it 50 times since I've been here in, in the last 15, 16 months. Romans 5, 7, and 8. For rarely will someone die for a just person. Though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We being us and people outside of America. Everybody. All right? That Jesus died for everyone in the world. Uh, and what about the least of these? Matthew 25, verses 35 through 40. And there's a, there's a lot more to this, but I'm only going to focus on those five or six verses uh, Jesus was saying, he's talking, he said, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous were answering him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or when do we see you a stranger and take you in? Or without clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in, or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 
Now here's the deal. We are in a, we as society, we really must put others above ourselves. Right? And, and and yes, they talk about, you know, elderly and people with pre existing conditions. Um, well right now those are the least of these. Okay? And we need to love them as much as we love ourselves, all right, or the, or, uh, the people in our family. Because we talk about that, and, you know, people are like, man, why do we do this? You know, it's not going to matter. Well, you don't know. We really don't know. I'm not a doctor. We really don't know if we're carrying. Okay? And so to be loving is to not potentially expose somebody who may not recover from that. Uh, Mr. Mike was talking about this morning. I think there's like 70% death rate for the, one, for the elderly when they get it. So we need to think about them and think, you know, we need, we need to kind of stay away for a while. We might be bored for a little while in our house, but that's that's the right thing to do so that others won't get it. So in spite of what's going on, right? and I want you to to hear me again, God is still good. Amen? God is still good. And and the thing is, none of us us, um, get what we deserve anyway. Amen? All right? If we know about the gospel, we know what we deserve. All right? Romans 6.23 says what, what we deserve from our sin is death which means eternal separation from God in a really a real place called hell. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you thankful for grace and mercy today? Uh, amen. Praise God. So despite the happenings in our world today, God is still good. He's still sovereign and He's immutable. So let's look at point number two. God is sovereign. All right? And that's just a fancy word for simply meaning that God is still in control. I heard one of y'all say it. Said it. I don't remember who it was. Okay? God is still on his throne and he's still in control. Amen? Right. So Nebuchadnezzar, verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Because that god is the one that's in control. Right. It's very, very interesting. He's still in control. It might not have seemed like he was in control whenever everybody else was bowing down. What do you think? Everybody was bowing down. You think that it felt like God was in control? If you were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And what's all these people? Man, they're crazy doing it. They're going to bow down to that? Right. What? And then you're the only ones and thousands of people who don't, stand, who don't bow down? Think God is, you know, to know that God is in control in that situation? Or, or maybe whenever the men came questioning you know, and, and kind of like told on them, hey man, you had these, these three guys that didn't bow down. Think God was in control then? It may not have seemed like he was at that point, right? Or, uh, or when they, they, uh, they, burnt, they set the fire temperature up seven times, right? And then it burned the people, the people who were actually taking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the fire. You think they were thinking God is still in control? And they might have been like, yeah, I don't know, right? And when they were actually thrown in the fire itself, I said they fell into the fire. So I can picture them stumbling and falling down into it and getting up. You know, did they did they think that God was in control then? See, see things went really really uh, fast this past week. Did they not? If you like sports, man, it was a rough week. Okay, um, I love March Madness basketball tournament. It's my favorite sporting event every year. All right, I love it. I look forward to it. I can't wait for it to come. And when they and when they, they canceled it, I kind of jokingly like. Acted like I was crying, and Kaylin would mess would, would pick on me and come say, "It's okay, Dad." I was like, "No," you know. Uh, but then I got to thinking, you know, um, it really was crazy how out of control it seemed, you know. But uh, but our God is in control. First Timothy six, second part of verse fifteen says, "He is the blessed and only sovereign in control, the King of kings and the Lord of lords." Amen. Mm-hmm. 
Psalm 115 it reads this way. I'm going to read just some of it. It says, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to Your name give glory because of Your faithful love, because of Your truth. Why would the nation say, why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven and does whatever He pleases. Their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, but, uh, feet but cannot walk. They cannot make the sound, a sound their throat. It's the other gods. See, our God is not like that. Those who make them are just like them as all who trust in them. Israel, Christians trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. Amen? I might get, I might get excited up here. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord add to your numbers both yours and your children's. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth He has given to the human race. It is not the dead who praise the Lord or any of those descending into the silence of death, but we will bless the Lord both now and forevermore. Will we? Will we bless the Lord? Verse 3 tells us that God is in heaven. He's still there, y'all. All right. Uh, praise God that we have a real God and not like their gods that they mentioned there. So it may not seem that way sometimes, but trust Him. Because despite what's going on in the world, He's still good. He's still sovereign. And number three, He is, he is immutable. So if you return, that would be point number three. Daniel 3 verse 29 says this. And I just want you to see how the whole point of, of this is that Nebuchadnezzar changes his mind. See, earlier he had this, this statue set up. And, and some, some commenters think it was of him. Okay? And so, uh, worship that. But at the end... What does, he, what does he say? His mind has changed. Okay. Verse 29, Therefore I issued a decree that any, any one of any people, nation, or language who says anything offensive against their God, against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, will be torn limb from limb and his house made a garbage dump for there is no other God who is able to deliver like this. Listen to what he said. There is no other God who can deliver like he just did. You know, wow, his, his, his mind changed, didn't it? Now see, our God is immutable. And that's a fancy word that simply means He's unchanging. He's unchanging. See, others may change their mind about God, but God is an unchanging God. He went from having people bow for an image to saying, hey, He's the real God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Hebrews 13, verse 8. Malachi 3, 6 says, Because I, the Lord, have not changed. See, this is like Mr. Tommy kind of hinted at. This hasn't surprised God. Okay? God, God's, God is, in this throne, is on His throne. He knows. Amen, brother? My mom, and I told you all about her as we're getting close to wrapping up here and, and doing our prayer time. My mom, um, who herself is going through some, some, some stuff right now with um, diagnosed with cancer, and she just happened to share this on Facebook yesterday from radio station Z88.3. And this is what... This is what it said. Go ahead, Miss Rhonda. There, see that? Today's forecast. God rains and the sun shines. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay? That's today's forecast no matter what. God is on His throne and the sun shines. See, the fact that God has not changed and will not change. We do, though. We vacillate and we, we switch sides. Don't y'all love bandwagon fans? Nobody does. Uh, 
So the question is, will the current events make us change? Will we be hardened or will we, will we continue to trust of God in God in a tough time? I want you to remember this verse, Isaiah 26.3. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace. For it is trusting in you. Right? You want peace during this time? Depend on God. Amen. Have your mind set on Him. Because and here's the deal. Here's, here's where we need prayer. I need prayer to be wise on how to deal with this. So I, I covet your prayers. How we as a church respond to this pandemic, pandemic, however you say it, matters. It matters to the world outside. How we respond. How we as Christians respond matters. And that's one reason why I thought God just changed the plans today. Okay? So I'm sorry if you want to hear about Psalms. Come back next week, okay? Others are always watching us. Amen? And you can bet your few dollars that you might have in your pocket that they'll be watching now for sure. Okay? So what's it going to be? How will we respond? We will act like nothing and like it's nothing and thereby make those in the world who are suffering get the idea that we don't care and God must not care? Or are we going to panic and, and like, oh, God's not in control? Or will we have compassion and love for others, wisdom as we proceed along with good common sense that God gave us? Despite the happenings in our world today, God is still good. He's still sovereign. And He's immutable. Let's keep our mind dependent on God. Amen? All right. So we're going to have a time of prayer. And, and I know it's the like right time to go, but if you will just...